Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. It is October in 2020, which apparently, according to some research, is <laughs> one year after when the movie we were about to talk about is set. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which we'll talk about why that's so silly in a minute. But, Did you say 2020 or 2021? Uh, 2021. I think. Okay. I meant to say 2021. If I didn't say 2021, I meant to say 2021. I thought you said 2020, but I could be wrong. But maybe I was thinking of the movie. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yes, this is uh, Screams After Midnight. It's a horror movie podcast. I am Pierre, and I'm joined by Tim. The original uh, s- sweet man. <laughs> I'm a man. I do like candy. I'm not the candy man, but... No. I like candy. I, I, I'll say that. <laughs> yes. Tim is bad for your teeth. Can can confirm. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, we're here today to talk about Candyman 3, Day of the Dead. Of course, we're doing this because we did the first two a while ago. We were kind of like intentionally doing them when the new one was a bit, was meant to come out <laughs> like a year ago yeah. or whatever it was. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we went on a big break. Uh, Tim aforementioned. We became... were on a break! <laughs> Tim went from being just a sugar daddy to being an actual daddy. Uh, and we're back. Obviously, the new one is now available on VOD, so we plan to do that Oof. this month, uh, very, very soon. But we had to get Candyman 3 out of the way first, so we were completely up to date on all things Candyman. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. We had to get it out of the way. Not like we wanted to mm. watch it, we wanted to <laughs> review it. It's like, no, we... Unfortunately, we were obligated and had to get Candyman 3 Day of the Dead out of the way. Yes, I'd never seen this before, so I was going blind. I wasn't expecting good things, but I, I mm. you know, this was a new experience to me. I think I watched it, I, I think I watched it last year because I was getting amped up for the, the new Candyman. And even before we were doing reviews, I was like, I'll watch all of them. And then, oof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because obviously we did the first one and it was probably the most i'd ever enjoyed it really talking about it and the the allegories and what, what it was really saying uh candyman 2 not that great a movie but i mean i'll say this i at least appreciate that it tried to add more to the metaphor and more to what it was trying to say even if the execution's a bit you know ropey it's it's not good good uh but there is at least something there and uh i will say i do like the subtitle on that one yes farewell to the flash as opposed great to subtitle this film which because you just said you know something there was something in there even if you know the execution's not good here yeah. there is nothing there and <laughs> that leads us to Candyman 3 day of the dead we'll start spoiler free if you happen to care but uh and i will get into spoilers and talk about it when we give you warning so that's what we're going to do um so i mentioned earlier that this is technically set in 2020 now i never noticed this in the movie i never heard or like i never saw the year being mentioned in the film but no one was wearing masks no one was yeah for a start it wasn't the pandemic so (laughs) So. they got that wrong uh it also looks like the late 90s miraculously yeah uh funny that um but yeah so the main character in this and i never really realized this because i didn't really remember the name because it's been a while since we watched the second one but is the daughter of the main character from the last film meaning that this is a good couple decades or so later and apparently according to a quick search multiple places were saying this was set in 2020 which in 2021 when we, when we were watching this is actually kind of funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I had, I, I saw the same thing because yeah, I was gonna, like, uh, I was, I was checking Wikipedia to see if there's anything interesting about the movie, um, that maybe we could talk about. Um, spoiler alert, there's not, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, that's like one of the, like the first things I noticed, uh, they had on there and I was like, wait, is that true? Like I, y you know, <laughs> granted, uh, admittedly, my eyes weren't glued to the screen every single second of this movie. So I was like, did I miss something? Did I sneeze? And, uh, you know, uh, and then like someone mentioned like, you know, oh, Hey, by the way, 2020 is crazy. Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Yeah. So weird. And I think. What gets me is that I saw that on Wikipedia as well. I went back to the movie, went back to the start to see if there was like a caption at the start right, or something yeah. or after the credits saying, you know, 20 years you know, or just 2020 or, or whatever. And there's there wasn't anything there. And then I googled and there was at least a couple of different like articles or reviews that also referred to it as 2020. And they mentioned that the main character <coughs> is the daughter of the character in the last film, which... Doesn't specify 2020, but it does mean, given the last film was set, I assume, in present day 1995, mm -hmm. and, you know, given the age of the character in this, like, it has to be around that, give or take, anyway. So, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. it, if anything, this has reminded me of Friday the 13th Part 7, where it yeah. starts off with Jason in the lake from the end of Part mm -hmm. 6, so you know that it starts off after what was, you know, sometime mid-late 80s. And then the little girl in the, the scene at the start of the movie, we jump ahead and she's like 18, meaning that the movie's set in probably around 2002, even yeah. though it's still 1987, <laughs> uh, you know, in the, in the movie in every other way. So, uh, and that is the most interesting bit of trivia that this movie has to offer. So congratulations, yeah. everyone. These, these movies were made at a time where people didn't think people would be watching them more than like a couple of months after it's out yeah this was a straight to video movie that people thought oh they'll rent it in the video store for another year and then it'll disappear and no one will ever mention it ever again yeah like yeah it's pretty safe if we say it's 2020 because uh one of the odds someone will actually be watching it that year what's funny is that if they hadn't delayed the new film we would have watched this in 2020 yeah. <laughs> it would have been even funnier that it was set in 2020, but hey, alas, fate get in the way, as it is. Hey-ho. As it is. <laughs> so, I, the only other thing I noticed in the trivia uh, on IMDb, and I don't usually look, I just happened to notice this, and I thought it was vaguely amusing, is that when Artisan, who made this movie, went to make it, they just realised at the last second before production that technically Sony had, like, dibs on making sequels, and no one had noticed <laughs> this. Uh, but luckily for them, and this this to them should have been an omen not to make the movie, but when they contacted Sony to say, hey, can we do this? Sony didn't want anything to do with it and said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not a sign that maybe you're doing something that isn't desirable, <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe change your mind a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, that sucks because then... Uh... You know, and maybe if Sony would have held on a little longer, we could have had the uh, Morbius versus Candyman movie that fans <laughs> have been clamoring for. I feel like the percentage of people watching this or listening to this show who even know who Morbius is is probably like under 50-50. Oh, come on. We, we've all seen the teaser trailer. We... I mean, that, that's another, you know, uh, case of the delays. Oh, uh, Tim, I'll be honest, I forgot there was a teaser trailer. <laughs> <laughs>
Trust me, we'll be there opening day. That's they're just waiting for uh you know for the for the world to be healed enough. To... Am I am I included in this we? Of course. <laughs> Wait, is this is it because it's a vampire technically we have to do it on streams? Is that what you're saying to me? Oh absolutely, yeah. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a horror movie in at least some capacity. Well Jared Lett was in it, so yes, I will be horrified yeah. <laughs> uh, during the experience, certainly. Uh so what is Candyman 3 about, one may ask? Well... <laughs> Day of the Dead. Well, it's, uh, yeah, the daughter of the, the last character, you know, the last film's character, meaning it's a direct descendant of Candyman, and Candyman comes after her. It kind of rehashes some of the making her look guilty for some murders from the first movie. Uh, Candyman seems to want her to embrace him or something. <laughs> I, like, every line of dialogue from Candyman in this movie is like so vague and like yeah uh, just like generic like i i, I don't know it, it's like they just kind of i don't know just took like all these different like cliche like villain lines and we're like all right i'll just say this and don't really have like much of a motive or anything just come here and say this kind of vague ominous scary thing and it doesn't have anything to say either. Like, you know, it doesn't... It, it very much doesn't add anything to the mythos or anything to... Uh, you know, outside of, like, oh, here's a new way that you can defeat Candyman at the <laughs> end, which we'll get to in spoilers. Much like Freddy Krueger was a victim of, where after a few movies, they had to just start making up new ways to kill him. Uh, mm. It just felt very random. But it, other than that, it doesn't, like... I mean, if anything, this drifts so far from what the focus of Candyman is supposed to be, because, th I mean, there are some black characters, but they're relatively minor in the grand scheme of the movie. Uh, whereas, you know, <laughs> sure, the first film did have a white lead, but it was all about horror perspective and learning about what happened to, to Candyman in this neighborhood, and it was a way of exploring the gentrification and all that stuff. Whereas, and then Candyman 2 was more directly about dealing with the family related to him and the, more about the history of the character and what happened to him. This film, it just kind of feels like it's irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. So my, my question about that is um, when they were making this, like, did someone say... You know, we've already had a movie where we were kind of like exploring the ideas of like, you know, um, this suburban white woman kind of, uh, you know, uh, like initiating herself into this, you know, like black neighborhood and stuff. Um, let's just do that again, but this time with uh, Hispanic people. Like, <laughs> it seems like they're just like trying to swap out all of like the racial stuff with african-americans and they're like yeah let's just do like hispanic people now for like no reason <laughs> yeah that's the key part is that there's no it doesn't play into anything at all there's, yeah. there's like scenes of her like you know going to like the, the love interest david his grandmother is like spiritual and stuff so we get like a scene like that and day of the dead is kind of going on during the climax mm -hmm. but that's I, basically it. i think I think at one point one of the characters does does go Achi Wawa. Well, that says all. Yeah. <laughs> a very ra like racially sensitive movie. Yes, yes. Uh, so really weird and just kind of like a a tacked on movie that doesn't feel like it's mm -hmm. even trying to be in the spirit of the previous films. It's just rehashing some plot things, but not the mm -hmm. idea of things. 
you know what it kind of felt like to me is you know when we watch the Hellraiser sequels and oh, do can, I <laughs> like, but it, you know how you can tell like okay this wasn't originally supposed to be a Hellraiser movie they just mm. took a script and like threw Pinhead in it like this actually feels like this was supposed to be a Hellraiser sequel that they just <laughs> threw Candyman into like <laughs> okay I can kind of see it a little bit a little bit uh, um but yeah, it's like, I that was like the, the most feeling I, I got from this was like, oh yeah, this definitely feels like in line with those kind of like bad straight to DVD sequels uh, for like Hellraiser and stuff from uh, around this time. Yeah, yeah. 1999 is the when this came out just for the for the record. So uh, it would be... Maybe they, they were, they're scared of Y2K. So like we, we just got to rush <laughs> this and just put something out before... <laughs> We all die. <laughs> yeah, it would be 22 years before another Candyman movie, uh, which we're both looking My forward gosh. to checking out. But uh, uh-huh. uh, it has to be better than this one. <laughs> if nothing else, like the, the bars, the bar's yeah. been lowered so much that uh, you know things are looking good. Uh, I guess the next thing I want to bring up is that about I don't know half an hour ago, something like that, 20 minutes before we came on to record, Tim sent me uh, an image. Uh, he sent me a, a screen cap that he took of IMDb. He wanted to point out that the director of this, Turi Meyer, had directed an episode of the hit television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer. And I especially enjoyed that he scribbled a red arrow onto the image to point to the image of Buffy on said IMDb page. Well, it also said he had some involvement with Smallville, so I didn't want you to think that I was pointing that out. I specifically <laughs> want to point out his Buffy credentials. And, you know, Tim seemed to think this was something <laughs> of a smoking gun. Like, I had to praise this guy because he directed one episode of Buffy. So I want, well, I want, I want to point out a few things here, Tim. I want to point out a few things. Okay. And I, I've got a smoking gun of my own in the chamber. Uh-oh. Right? Oh, I've, no. got, I've got a magic bullet here. So first things first. He's actually more of a writer. He's been writing a lot of TV for a long time. Uh, he has directed a few things here or there, TV episode-wise, but mostly writes. Some of it pretty shady-looking like Smallville and this movie <laughs> um, and some other stuff. But uh, is mostly an executive producer and writes episodes of TV and still works to this day. He's actually done a couple episodes of this season of Stargirl, apparently. I've not seen them yet. They're, they're not aired yet, but they're, they're coming up. Um, so, okay. Imagine people probably just constantly asking him Candyman 3 questions <laughs> on set. <laughs> but, you know, done other stuff, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I was looking at the IMDb because you'd sent me, you'd be me curious, and I, I got to looking. <laughs> Do you know what his first writing credit is, Tim? What would that be? Do you know what? Because something else Tim said to me after he sent this image was that because of this, because that's that sh- you said Buffy's that show you like, so you have to praise him now. That's how this works, or you're a hack, or something to that effect. <laughs> so I want I want you to keep that sentence in mind as I tell you what his first writing credit is. I want okay. you to praise yourself. <laughs> His first writing credit is Leprechaun uh-huh. 2. This man's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to rethink some things. Maybe, the, uh, maybe there's something to this movie that we might have missed. <laughs> uh, one day when we get to the Wrong Turn franchise, he wrote Wrong Turn 2, so... We'll see how that shapes okay, well, out when we get there. But, um. Well, I mean, I don't know. Is, is anyone going to be able to trust us on this review then? I feel like we're both compromised. Like, 
if if we both give it 10 out of 10s like are people gonna know that if we genuinely liked it or if we just are standing by our boy turi um the keyboard <laughs> yeah. there was f and i've got a good feeling that neither <laughs> of us are going to be giving this a 10 <laughs> just a sneaking suspicion <laughs> all right well at least now i can uh lord over you the fact that uh <laughs> someone worked on buffy that worked on <laughs> leprechaun too <laughs> <laughs> okay sure sure he directed one season six episode of buffy uh, your favorite season did not rate the episode though it's worth mentioning okay what i'm saying is is that perhaps his <laughs> rating is worse than he's directing although he's directing in this particular oh, okay. movie is not that great but, <laughs> but <laughs> he did also write this he co-wrote this movie so all the ideas are his fault too. <laughs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, so i felt that was worth pointing out so who are, who are characters Congrats. and actors then let's get into some of that stuff our lead well, let me oh, ask you something oh, first sure, real quick sure. oh, go on go on <laughs> If let's say you're watching this, and I I know you don't really drink, but let's say if people that do drink were watching this and they mm-hmm. and they were doing a drinking game where they had to take a shot every time uh, there was a dream sequence. <laughs> yes. How <laughs> how drunk do you think they would be by the end of the movie? I think that you know how when you're doing like weightlifting and stuff, you have like a spotter for to do the bench pressing and all, you know various. Oh yeah things um for safety reasons i think if you're going to play that drinking game you have to have a sober person with a phone who can call an ambulance oh, without sitting a by your side <laughs> <laughs> because things might go horribly wrong <laughs> that's definitely uh my answer to that <laughs> so our leading lady is donna de erico who i'd never heard of uh, she has been in like a couple of random TV episodes that I have seen like years ago, but uh, so I, you know, I, I was like, oh, who is this? Uh, I was like, she seems like she's less of an actor and more of a model who's used in movies because she's attractive. That's that's the impression I got from her. Her acting's not that good. There's a couple of laughable scenes that I will like to bring up later, but yeah, I, I, I did a quick Google, and it turns out that she's she was on Baywatch, right? And it's okay, that oh, okay. makes sense. I can yeah. Just you know, have her running next to Pamela Anderson in the red swimsuit. Seems seems, sure. seems like a <laughs> seems like the idea. But what was more interesting is that it turned out that she was a later addition to Baywatch. She came <laughs> for, originally. She was actually introduced in the spinoff Baywatch Nights. Now, oh. now Baywatch Nights. I've never seen it, but I have heard it's only, it only lasted two seasons. Now Baywatch Nights. David Hasselhoff was in it. He was the main character, and it was about becoming a sort of more of like a, a detective API show. But the really <laughs> fascinating thing about it is that because it wasn't doing so well in its second season, its second and final season, it switched to being a sci-fi paranormal investigation show. Yeah, I, I I'm in the same boat. I never I've never actually seen it, but I've heard about it, and it does kind of sound amazing. I, do you know what I love about it? I love that Baywatch, which as far as, I mean, I'm sure it's got silly plots and like, you know, over the top action and drama, yeah. but as far as I know, never delved into real science fiction or supernatural stuff. Yeah. So what's, what's funny to me is that there was a spinoff that still had a main character from the main show on it <laughs> that turned supernatural slash paranormal. But not only that, that when it ended, 
they said, you know what, we're going to take one of the characters from that and put them into the main show. <laughs> I kind of love that. It's just such a wacky timeline of events. So that's a leading lady. Uh, Great. And that's the most interesting thing about her. <laughs> so, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to be like too mean, but yes, the, the acting in this just... I mean, I haven't seen her on Baywatch. Maybe she's great on that. Maybe it was uh, the the direction she didn't have a lot to go with. But uh, it's it's rough. <laughs> it's rough in this one. There's a lot of sitting, looking uh, shell shocked uh, after horrible things have happened. Uh, that yeah. that doesn't really you know go very well. Obviously, Tony Tony Todd's fine. But obviously, his material in this is not as good. He's great. Yeah, as as, yeah. as normal. The only actor I recognized uh, is the racist cop character yeah he's he's been on a few things he was on prison break prison break yeah, yeah. uh but that was the only person i recognized and other than tony todd obviously but uh yeah. everyone else was uh was an unknown i mean maybe i mean sure i'm sure if you go research them i'm sure one or two of them might have had a had a small guest role in an episode of friends or something <laughs> in the 90s but <laughs> sure. other than that like no, no one was uh, sticking out to me so mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so she's a descendant of Candyman, she owns all of the paintings, because remember, the character was an artist before he died, and... Did... Hmm? Oh, sorry, uh, yeah, no, um, I, I think I might have missed something there, but though, so those were all the paintings that the Candyman actually did? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll do it, I think I know what you're going to ask, is there's one of him, uh, mm-hmm. so I guess he did a really good self-portrait at some point? And then, yeah, well, I wasn't sure if any of them were hers exactly, because, you know, there's, like, the scene where she, like, wakes up from her dream and she instantly starts drawing, and, of course, she's, like, a great artist. Um, I didn't remember that at all, to be honest, but, yeah, yeah. good point. (laughs) So I was like, I just wasn't sure. I was like, okay, are those her paintings or his? And then I guess it would make more sense if they're his, given what happens uh, in the end, probably, but... Yeah, they're his. uh... Be a little mum about that. Yeah, and obviously that's the other thing with, with casting someone like hers. She she never actually goes topless herself, but there is a lot of scenes of her <laughs> walking around in her underwear. There's a scene where after some traumatic stuff has happened, we have like a sort of top-down shot of her just crying in the shower, uh, sitting there naked, yeah. which felt a little bit just like, okay, any excuse? Yeah, I, I don't want to... Like, like I, I don't want to be mean, but the whole movie kind of just had like a porny feel to it. Oh yeah, it does. You know what I mean? Uh, and then, you know, there's nothing wrong with porn, obviously. I don't want to, you know, if you like to watch it, that's totally fine. Uh, you know, and then nothing wrong with people that are in porn. Uh, yeah, so I don't want to, like, you know, uh, be mean about it, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, it's not the kind of feel you want for your, like, horror movie. Yeah. Unless, I mean, if it's, if the subject is sexual in nature. Sure. Yeah. Like that can work, you know. If you, if you, if if the whole like, because Hellraiser is a little bit sexual, but that's meant to feel sexual because it's about you know searching for that ultimate pleasure. You know, it's it's in the themes, yeah. but here it just feels kind of tacked on. Like or like Leprechaun Two, where he's trying to find a wife. <laughs> we did Leprechaun last time, Tim. We don't need to talk about Leprechaun, right? <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> I only because it was a smoking gun. Okay, it was a smoking gun to make you look a fool. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> no gun can make me look like a fool. But yeah, there's a couple of like we we actually get a flashback again to like him as a painter with the the mm-hmm. you know the, the the daughter the guy who hired him, and she's topless in that scene just because this scene needed boobs apparently. 
<laughs> yeah, so... I mean, there's some other boobs later in the movie, but they, I mean, they're, they're more typical horror movie, just as a sex scene with characters who are about to get killed kind of thing, which is whatever, but, uh, you know, it, it felt weird to me. Oh, we're going to do the flashback to the incident that led to him being lynched. Oh, let's make sure we have nudity in that scene. This is the time for some gratuitous boobs. And then there's another, there's a, yeah, flash, <laughs> there's a flashback. Because uh, we find out the character from the previous film, I guess this is spoilers kind of for the lot, like, well, it's not spoilers for this movie. But I guess it's like, if you don't want to know the outcome of a character who was in the last movie, we find out she did die uh, between movies. Um, and it looked like a suicide. But obviously the suspicion that Candyman was the, the culprit. Uh, which kind of paints, like, if you cared about her in the last movie, it's like, oh, she was killed up between movies by Candyman anyway. So she's, she's accomplished nothing in surviving. But yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of moments where, like, our main character sees her as, like, a ghost. Like, Candyman makes her appear. And in one of them, she's just naked and, like, topless and, like, <laughs> all bloody. And it's like, what, why? Why is why is this real with horror movies where it's like, any excuse for nudity is good. <laughs> like, that, that's the attitude they have. Well, I think the... Um, well, what's kind of interesting, I, I feel like I was hearing some people talk about it on a podcast, like, recently, but, like, back in the day, like, with these movies, like... I think it was a little more important to put nudity in there because the, you know, the internet wasn't, you know, people weren't on the internet as much and they have as much access mm. to just look up naked ladies whenever they want. So part of the appeal sometimes were, you know, with watching these horror movies, were, I guess. you know, like horny, you know, kids uh, renting it or whatever. Because having... you don't really see nudity that much anymore, I feel like. Uh, no, it tends to be more justified now, I would say. It tends to be, you know, important to the themes or important to, like, you know, the character feeling vulnerable or something. You know, there, there tends to be, like, some sort of creative reason you can see why they've, they've made that choice. And I, I guess it's somewhat true. It's just, it's still weird to me, though, that a lot of the examples of nudity in horror movies is in a, in a situation which is in no way desirable. You know, like, you know, a lot of rape revenge <laughs> movies would be really gratuitous with the... Oh, sure, sure. And it's like you know well maybe some weirdos are enjoying it but for the most part this is not a desirable thing for the audience who's maybe up for otherwise up for some you know gratuitous boobage in a scene just for boob's sake yeah. you know i feel like a lot of times it'll be like uh yeah like a, you know someone will be doing something and then the the act will get interrupted by like you know them getting like a knife through the chest or something so it's like all of a sudden it's like okay yeah you're seeing the nudity but it's just also like all this blood and gore <laughs> mixed in with it yeah, yeah. I mean, I can sort of forgive that a little bit because that's kind of like, okay, you get a bit of nudity first where it is just a sex scene, but then fun kill scene, you know? It's like, yeah, okay. But think about all, all the damage it's doing to, you know, all these young kids that are watching and then, you know, they grow up and come of age and then, you know, they're unable to, you know, you know reach their climax unless, like, a, a giant sword, you know, goes through their lover's chest or something. I mean, if an individual has that problem, they should seek therapy and uh, <laughs> solve the problems because <laughs> it's not the horror movie's fault in this case, I don't think. <laughs> okay. That, that's, that's my stance on that, I think. Uh, so, yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a dull movie. It's dull. It's not even funny bad. Like, I mean, we've, we've found enough stuff to talk about to have an entertaining conversation, but it's not an int- it's not a funny bad movie for the most part. There's, there's like one or two moments that made me laugh which we'll talk about yeah. in a minute, but that's about it. Yeah, I think, like, I don't know, that, 
the the kills weren't super interesting but like i wouldn't say that the the gore was like horrible like you know it's like practical effects sometimes like it looked you know decent enough um that you know I, I guess i'll give it a little bit of credit for that and um i watched this by myself uh i, I don't know i could probably have a little more fun if i was watching it with someone but i'm also not like yeah, I don't, I don't have, like, a lot of desire to, you know, test that out and then try to watch it with someone, you know? At least not for a while. If you enjoy being married, I wouldn't subject your wife to it. <laughs> oh, of course not, no. <laughs> uh, how to get a divorce in one simple step. Uh, so... Yes, I, so I will give the spoiler warning at this point on. It's not good. Uh, I do not recommend no. watching it. It's that simple. Yeah. Uh, so into spoilers though. The movie starts with one of those titular flashbacks. Titular? That's not titular. It doesn't say. Was oh, it a dream sequence? Oh, that's, sorry. Yes, that's what I meant. I didn't mean flashback. I meant dream sequence. Uh, one of those uh numerous dream sequences you mentioned, uh, which I actually didn't even get. It was a dream sequence because it does this dream sequence where she dies at the end of the dream sequence. Mm. I thought that it, it cuts to the credits. When it came back <laughs> after the credits, I was surprised to see the same char- character. I thought, oh, I thought you were just a pre. Credits kill. That's yeah. I thought they were doing like a scream thing, yeah. uh, and then like I was confused because I was like, I have no idea who this character is. Like, what are we seeing? And then, even once you realize it's the main character, I was still kind of confused because I was like, what? Yeah, I thought it was just like a generic kill scene that was a bit artsy before you know we get to the main plot. But no, it turns out that's our main character. Uh, there's an art show going on with all of the paintings of Candyman that Candyman did uh, with her friend who runs this gallery. Who wants to exploit the fact that it's Candyman? That's her great great grandfather, <laughs> and yeah. uh, tries to like hires an actor to jump out with a hook, and she's not happy about this because she wants to tell the true story about who the real man was. Candyman's not real, but this is the real man. This is my real ancestor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we're introduced to racist ass cop uh, who is racist to everyone he meets in this film. <laughs> pretty much uh but he's also attracted to the main character so he's also a sleazeball so you know he's 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 a, he's a bit of a stereotype but uh, yeah and we get introduced to her roommate character who ultimately isn't that important i mean no one's that important in this really to be honest um and it's like one of like the cheapest uh, <laughs> things that uh, or cheapest scenes in the movie is like she hears her roommate screaming like mm. she rushes in to see what's wrong and she's like and then roommate's just like, what? You know I got that part for that horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rehearsed. Well, see, this is this is this one came out obviously after the first two or three Yeah, first two screen Scream three was two thousand. So I guess came out after the first two screen movies. This was their meta moment. This was their we can do this because Scream has <laughs> set, set the table for us. So but her roommate does get killed, but she doesn't get killed first. The first people to get killed is the is the art gallery dude and his model girl girlfriend, who. Uh, yep. I'm sorry. One thing actually, I, uh, I do want to mention real quick. So this takes place in Los Angeles. Uh, so the the first movie took place in Chicago, and then the second one was that New Orleans. I think I think it was New Orleans. So that sounds right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just weird that these movies are like all over the place. Like, I know Candyman travels. He's not. Like, I guess he's not like other, uh, you know, franchise killers. It's kind of usually sticks around one area. Yeah. I I, I mean, I was going to say, I, I guess he's stuck to his descendants in this case. But, I mean, 
you still have to t- say his name in the mirror so it's not like yeah. and it still worked with other people in the movie it's not like it was just because it was her like there, there was other people who said it um yeah. every town has a mirror <laughs> <laughs> just the one yeah. <laughs> the town mirror you have to go and use it you have to like put in a uh like an appointment so you get a little t- bit of time with the town mirror <laughs> so uh, and this kills whatever uh there's a bit of i mean i guess it's justified because they were talking about Candyman and how he died earlier which makes it a bit poor taste in the character's part but it did feel a little bit over the top that the sexy model who's topless starts like rubbing honey over her tits and then starts like sort of eating it off the wafer or whatever she's using to like move it around <laughs> and I, I think he says something like oh sweet honey or sweet bumblebee or something he says he's got like a line he gets really excited by the honey so uh McCandyman shows up uh tons of bees he, he stabs with the hook uh the guy um, what I thought was funny about this effect is obviously there's a lot of effects for the bees that are flying around, but I noticed that the actress also had a lot of static bees stuck to her that were a practical effect. <laughs> but what really bothered me, because that's, that's fine, I don't want to like, make fun of that too much, but what bothered me sure. is that it cut away from her and cut back to her multiple times, and I thought what they would do is that every time it cut back to her, there'd be more. You know, they'd, they'd stick more to her in between shots. But every time it cut back to her, it was the exact same patches that were covered in bees. And I'm like, well, what? Is, it, is that because that's where the honey was? So it's like sticking to the, they're sticking to the honey? Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> I don't think bees are attracted to honey. That's not, I mean, they, they make honey. <laughs> I could be wrong. I, I, I don't good know. Good question. I have no idea. <laughs> I you, you, know, know? you know who would be a good... Uh adversary for candy man would be oh god uh nicholas cage from the wicker man <laughs> wait how's he an advert if anything he's the the, the the easiest target he has he's, he's so terrified of bees <laughs> yeah but that's uh what makes him a good villain for him so he has to overcome his fear his, his bees are his weakness that, that's like yeah. uh that's like sending someone who's got a fear of water to like try and take on aquaman like you don't <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd watch it. <laughs> or uh, sending Freddy Krueger after, like, I don't know, the Human Torch. Because <laughs> apparently Freddy's scared of fire. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah. Freddy, Freddy <laughs> Jason told me that. I Freddy versus Jason logic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so... Yeah, anyway, uh, so she's traumatized by this, uh, starts chain smoking at this point in the movie, and um, well, so so the weird circle of events is the cops think it's the actor, so the, the actor that was hired, uh, David, right, so he ends up being sort of the main love interest, he jumped out of the art gallery with a hook to scare people, but it turned out it was just an actor and that's all it was, the art gallery guy paid him off, and... They think they're convinced it's him, and the racist cop is convinced it's him just because, ah, well, he's, he's a minority, so it must be him. Like, you know, I know these people, kind of that shit. He uh, actually... seems very upset that like she's hanging around with, yeah, as you said, like these yeah. people, he calls yeah. them. He's, he's jealous. He, you know, he, he tries to give him or her his home, home phone number and tries to you know cozy up to her. <laughs> well, right? So that's all whatever. And there's actually another like duo. There's another pair of cops. So there's a, a cop that's like a, a black woman, and uh, no, sorry, a black man, and uh, uh, was it a Hispanic woman? I think. But 
they come in and they are like sort of the the normal cops who are asking questions calmly and they're trying to be nice to her and then in walks racist cop and his partner and like <laughs> we've got priority here because we were investigating the uh, the robbery from the art, ga- art gallery so this is our case and he says like three racist things to the black cop like immediately um so it's like okay <laughs> right fine so we have this weird dual like pair of cops thing going on that becomes important by the end which, which we'll get to yeah, so. it's 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 kind of like a weird like side plot because uh like yeah I feel like you forget about the cop a lot throughout the movie until like he kind of shows up and you're like oh yeah I forgot like he's a character here and then it like becomes like really important in the end but it's so like surface level like you could say something interesting about having like you know a racist cop and um you know like how what how would they would be going about like an investigation and you know, looking at like the the suspects and how they treat them like the, there's definitely interesting stuff you could say there but you know this movie's not doing anything interesting it's all like very surface level like very stereotype you know like oh the, the, look at this bad cop and like he, he's so mean and stuff and i don't know it just felt very like i don't know generic <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's not really saying it it's just look at how bad he is because he's racist which is true yes he's bad yeah, uh, you know, being racist is bad. Yes, I, I agree with that movie, but it's never more than that. It never goes beyond that. Uh, yeah, that's all it is. So, yes. Uh, so, basically, eventually David shows up and he's mad at our main character uh, Caroline because he's like, "What did you say to the cops? They, they were interrogating me all day. They think I'm up to something." And he's he's convinced that if it was the same hook that he was using, oh, pardon me. If it was the same hook he was using as a prop when he jumped out of the art gallery, then his fingerprints will be on it, so he's worried. And for certain, I can't, this is one of these like dumb movie decisions I don't fathom, but immediately she's like, hey, well, if we find out, or if we can prove who actually did the murder, then that'll get you off the hook. Why she cares about clearing this guy's name <laughs> that she doesn't even know, and her only interaction before this point was him jumping out and scaring her, it baffles me. But it, it literally cuts to them, like her getting on the, the back of his motorbike and them riding <laughs> off to go and solve crimes. Like, why are they investigating <laughs> this? Like, there's uh, obviously there's a lot of horror movies where the main characters sort of start investigating things even though they're not police or investigators and they're just doing it because they have to. But this just jumps to them investigating this, like, for no reason. They're just doing it. Yeah, you can see it's, like, so different from the first movie where, like, you completely understand, um, you know, the, the main character's motivations in that movie and, like, why she's doing what she's doing and how she's getting in over her head. This is, it just feels like such, like... All right, well, I'm doing this because the movie says I should, and we have to kind of keep going forward. Like, yeah, there isn't really any reason that she should be like doing any of this. Yeah, it's just that it's just because that type of movie. That's the only reason. And mm-hmm. basically, they want to try and find the gang who stole all of the the paintings from the gallery, right. uh, which is very important because that ends up in such a pivotal detail later on. Even though it's just something that's <laughs> mentioned, you know, a little yeah. bit here uh, at the start of this stuff. Uh, they go and talk oh, to. I, I think. Oh. Uh, I forget if we actually mentioned it, but uh, at the start of the movie, she does say "Candyman in the Mirror" five times, like at the art at the gallery. gallery. Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah. So, like, you know, kind of like the whole movie, it's kind of like, oh, like, did I summon him by doing that? Yeah. Well, so actually, 
I, I actually, I have glossed over something important. I can't believe I, I went over this. Um, <laughs> so you said there's a lot of dream sequences in this movie. Right, I would yeah. argue that some of them aren't really dream sequences. She just wakes up from them. Like, it transitions to her waking up as if it was a dream, mm. but it wasn't actually a dream. <laughs> like, it did happen. There's a few of those. Oh, okay. Because, you know, Exhibit A, when she leaves the art gallery and she's mm. going home, she ends up uh, running into Candyman in the subway. And I present to you Exhibit A of Laughably Bad, which is Candyman <laughs> floating down a subway tunnel surrounded by bees. Joey, it looks like it looks like when Magneto is floating and he and, he's, and he has like some metal stuff like floating around him. For sure, yeah, yeah. That's what it looks like. He comes down floating, surrounded by bees, and I'm like, okay, this is this is your first appearance of Candyman in this movie. Not counting the dream <laughs> sequence at the start. Yeah. Uh, you've you've lost points already. So good job. Yeah, and I don't know, like, I, I feel like it's, like, like, I could see that maybe being, like, a cool visual if you actually had someone, like, with a bit more, like, style or, or something directing it, but you kind of mentioned it before, like, the whole movie just looks and feels, like, very generic, like, there's never anything interesting or that really, like, catches your eye about it, and then, yeah, when you get stuff like this that, you know, the, the first time seeing Candyman, there should be this you know like big you know grand entrance and like uh i, I don't know like I, I i could see it being cool like him floating and having a bunch of bees and stuff but yeah it just when they show it here it just doesn't <laughs> look cool like yeah there's really nothing that interesting about it yeah it's, it's it doesn't look quite as full-on directed video hellraiser sequel but there's definitely a lot of similar dna and kind of the cheap like thriller looking directive video movie quality that this has yeah. as far as the visual look goes for so, sure yeah uh so that's the thing uh so that's the first time she sees Candyman. Candyman like comes to her like during some of the murders or she's either she's there to witness the murder or he like sees her separately uh and the murder happens like right after so that, that, that's kind of but anyway so they go to speak to like this guy who knows people in the hispanic community and will be able to like sort of track down the gangs which she incidentally ran into earlier on in the movie, and he was nice to her. This dude. Oh uh, wait, was this when like it's Day of the Dead, and they explain to her what that means, or was uh, that earlier? I think I don't know what scene that was. It was earlier this scene, or it was when he ran, when she ran into him at the start like, with the kid selling the little trinket. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know. You you think the whole Day of the Dead thing would? I don't. know maybe play a bit of a bigger role <laughs> but it's kind of like just like one scene where someone's like it's the day of the dead where we like respect our <laughs> like dead ancestors yeah the, the okay. celebration it's basically just a reason for a crowd to be there at one point later on yeah and that's that's kind of a, uh it's completely irrelevant to the movie honestly which uh you know <laughs> Shit. Don't really need, yeah. <laughs> you don't really need to call your movie that if it doesn't really impact it that much. No, no. Uh, <laughs> they just wanted a cool subtitle, and it does sound good. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why George Romero used it. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, so, she has another episode in the bathroom where she sees Candyman. She, see, she sees, this is where she sees <laughs> she, her dead mother. <laughs> 
<laughs> be funny if she was just like on the toilet just having a real bad <laughs> dump uh, well she's at the sink Tim uh, keep your head out of the gutter uh, which does mean we've glossed over because that's the thing I have no idea when this little flashback took place but there's a flashback at one point 2019 <laughs> but there's a flashback earlier in the movie at some point which the, her mother's death comes up and the scene that I also thought was laughably bad was her finding her mother's dead body in the bathtub and like bleeding from the neck because the yell that she she yells out as her mother's lying there dead made me laugh <laughs> so much. <laughs> she starts holding the body and going, no! Yeah. It, it just it really made me laugh. It's really bad. <laughs> you know what I just thought of? <laughs> and I, I, I hate thinking about this, but like if this uh was taking place in 2020 mm-hmm. then like that means like trump was still president <laughs> like i don't know, just like imagine like someone bringing up these candy man mm-hmm. murders to him and just having like trump say <laughs> candy man in the mirror five times <laughs> i mean there's a positive end to that <laughs> he'd be gullible enough yeah, a lot of people are saying this candy man is back. Oh, I can't do a Trump impression. <laughs> <laughs> I should even try. <laughs> I know I can't, so I'm not going to. <laughs> um, so I, I just I knew that took place before this scene because we'd already seen that mm. before the this time the mother pops up, you know, yeah. naked in the bathroom. So I gotta. I, there's so many like naked blonde women <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I was like, I kept getting them confused. I was like, all right, which naked blonde woman is this now? But, yeah, right. There's the there's the mother, there's the main character, and there's the ancestor who is the you know the one that Candyman had the affair with. Yeah, and then the lover of the art gallery yes, guy. And, that yes, gets... the model. Yes, <laughs> quite right. So yes, a lot of bl- lot of blondes in this movie. Uh, so from here like there's just a sort of blur of boring shit david takes her <laughs> david takes her to see his grandmother who's got like i don't know powers or something <laughs> like it's one of those horror movie tropes yeah, uh, it turns out david's got a little girl uh his his old either wife or just a, a girlfriend whoever is dead you know so it's just him and the kid uh and she's clearly growing attached to, to david she is and when they go back to her place later that night, she's well, like, when you investigate murders with someone, you usually get pretty close. Mm-hmm, yes. When they go back to her place, she's like, I don't want to be alone. Can you stay around? And then they start drinking. And <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tim. I oh, know. Never mind. <laughs> I was gonna make a dumb joke, but it's okay. I think that people want to hear the dumb joke. Please, by all means. I don't know. Just like. Uh... Well, like when when you said yeah, like they get to her place and uh, she's like yeah, I don't want to be alone. And then uh, he's just like, well, yeah, I shouldn't be looking after my daughter, so I'll just <laughs> hang out with you. Sorry, right. she's with the crazy grandmother. It's fine. So she's that's true. She's, yeah. she's uh, being looked after. Uh, and would you believe it? They get close. And although I did kind of laugh how it just fades to them on top of each other for a sex scene <laughs> because it, it didn't. <laughs> Like, it didn't feel like it set it up. I mean, it was obvious it was going that way, don't get me wrong, but it, it just kind of fades suddenly to them on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and this is one of the ones I was talking about where it feels like she wakes up from a dream, but it did happen, though. It seemed like this this romantic night did happen. 
mm-hmm. but she wakes up and her roommate's there and she's like what's, what's up who's this david he's not here uh, and that's when the roommate gets killed and the police show up they arrest her because now yeah. at this point there's too many dead bodies connected to her um and the other the, not the main racist cop but the racist cop's partner He's got her in the police car. He's laughing about her saying that Candyman did everything. And then Candyman, would you believe it, shows up and kills him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, boy. That's, uh, that's something else. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think this was, like, uh, again, like, terrible. Like, seeing, like, the, like, claw go in and out of, like, the, like, through his, like, stomach and through the car scene stuff, like. I don't know, like, it's not, like, a super interesting kill, but, like, the effects weren't horrible, I guess, suppose. I think the problem, you know, and this just goes for two as well, uh, is that they're trying, like, desperately to turn Candyman into a slasher villain, and that's not really what right. it was in the first one. Uh, yeah. It's kind of, kind of, it is actually, the Hellraiser comparison is quite interesting, because Pinhead's kind of the same thing, where Pinhead was very much just one thing in that first film, and then all of a sudden, all these sequels try to keep changing what he is, because they want him to be that... That iconic horror character. Yeah, it's just it. Like I, I get what the instinct is there because they are, you know, very interesting parts uh, of their respective movies. But I mean, part of what's interesting about them is that they aren't just a, you know, uh, slasher, uh, you know, villain. Like there's something a little bit more to them. Something like it's kind of a you know, like, a, an atmosphere about them, like, it's very creepy and ominous, and then, yeah, the more you kind of explain and fill out their backstory and just turn them into kind of a boring, you know, typical generic slasher dude, it's just, yeah, it's just not that great. Yeah, I think when you have someone who's just killing people, like, I prefer it to be simple. It's just, you know, force of evil. It's why Michael sure. Myers is my favorite, right? But yeah. when you have more complex characters, turning them into just killers is kind of dull like you know like yeah i feel like i feel like the two different things like are separate and when they try and mix them it just kind of you know i'm basically just trying to turn him into something he's not and that's i think part of the, the issue uh it's like if you're eating like a, a fish and you dropped in a big bowl <laughs> of skittles it's like well yeah i mean fish is good and skittles are good but you don't want to you know take the the fish that has all the skittles on it and eat it it's like you know those sometimes those things don't go together. Tim, I have never agreed with you more than I do right this minute. <laughs> Skittles good, fish good, together, eh? <laughs> no way. May clash a bit. It's all the same. Uh, is that a t-shirt? Is that a new shirt for the store? <laughs> what Skittles good, fish good, <laughs> together? Yeah. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think when we do our streams after midnight, there should be a goal for Tim to eat fish and skittles in one mouthful. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I have to at least be like a baked fish or something. I can't just be like a raw. Oh, sure. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You can cook it. Fish I caught in the stream. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, Candyman. Although, yeah, if we, it, it might be fun if we do like some type of eating contest on a, st- a stream one day. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we each buy a pie and <laughs> just see who can uh, down it first. <laughs> we'd have to really coordinate, given that we're in different countries with different pies on offer. We'd have to really coordinate uh, the size and 
Yeah, it's gonna take a lot of math because someone likes the metric system. <laughs> <laughs> I need you telling me, all right, what pie are you getting? Like, oh, uh, I'm getting like a two foot pie. You're like, oh, well, my pie is five meters. Like, I don't know what the hell that means. First of all, two foot pie <laughs> is freaking huge. Secondly, I'm fairly certain that on the boxes of the pies that you might buy, they don't measure in feet. <laughs> I've just got just got a sneaking suspicion here, Tim. <laughs> I'm also fairly certain that pies in general don't have measurements on them because they don't feel the need to. <laughs> oh dear. It's not like a pizza where you have to specify a size because they're going to make it, you know, and they have different sizes to pick from. Like, yeah, they tend to just sell each pie in one size. That, that tends yeah. to be their thing. Yeah, because every time I order pizza, I say, uh, yeah, uh, how many feet is your pizza? They're like, oh, five feet, six feet. See, you say this, but pizza size is here <laughs> in inches, which is not metric. So your entire argument is flawed. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's still 10, 12, 16 inch pizzas. It's not. <laughs> so you admit the metric system is bad? I admit that for certain things, inches <laughs> is a more convenient measurement. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think I know what things you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Are you making a penis joke, Tim? <laughs> I would never. <laughs> Tim doesn't joke about dicks. But that's serious. Very serious subject. <laughs> this, there's only one thing that I I, I I think is very serious in this world. Yes. If there's, if there's one thing that's always straight when it comes to Tim. <laughs> I wonder if, like, Candyman just has a, a hook for a penis, too. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Is earlier today, uh, Tara was giving me shit for making too many dick jokes at a Screams After Midnight episode, <laughs> and now we've just sat and had an extended, continuous dick joke for, like, 30 seconds. So that's just funny to me. Um... Was the episode the Greasy Strangler? <laughs> it was not, but I don't think you can okay. blame us in that episode. That episode yeah. is just asking for dick jokes. Oh, dear. Uh, so, anyway, Candyman basically has kidnapped David. David's went missing, and he wants uh, Caroline to, like, give in and, like, let him have sex with his great-great-that-granddaughter. <laughs> 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 like it is sexual like they do he does yeah. go to kiss her later on so it's not just like killing her he does want to like like it's like he wants her as a like a, a pittance or a like a like a make good for losing the woman he loved originally which is just kind of weird and just like because candy that's the thing Candyman as a character is supposed to be sympathetic right and then there's this curse that's born out of him because of what happened to him um that just makes it just murkies everything up and makes it feel really weird and like okay whatever yeah and like if anything like the like the one person that he should be like i don't have fondness for that maybe want to stay away from would be like his ancestors or relatives like yeah because that's this is know, like, like a descendant of the woman he loved too so it's like no yeah. that's that's the one person he shouldn't want to kill <laughs> uh but you know whatever so she has to like run away from, so, so obviously Candyman kills the cop in the car she gets away she runs through a day of the dead celebration she gets to david's grandmother's house and then she gets a phone call from like the the mustache man in the bar who's like 
you know, been looking out for this gang for her. And he's like, hey, there's a member here. And the gang member is, like, scared shitless. And he's like, yeah, you can come and take the patents, lady. Like, we don't want them anymore. Like, weird stuff's been happening ever since we took them. So <laughs> she goes on her own with a gang member to a, a you know, unspecified location that is like not near anywhere else it's, you know, it's this derelict building somewhere and like the guy who got all this information says hey like be careful like you know you're going off with a gang member maybe maybe this is a dumb idea and sure enough when she gets there it's a trap <laughs> oh my god it's a trap <laughs> <laughs> It turns out this this gang is actually a cult, and there's there's a couple of them in the scene at the gallery earlier on, watching the the, the speech about the paintings. But they're basically worshiping Candyman, and they've got his big self portrait up in the wall, and they're saying that he's the new Messiah or some shit. This was a nice uh, thing to add to the movie with about five minutes left to go. <laughs> I know it's so near the end, and all of a sudden, and what was so weird about it is this is like an all white gang, right? This was like. I think it was. They're they're like all art weirdos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they were all like um, like they they were like 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 I don't know like stereotypical nineties goths. Yeah, they're not art school. Piercings. Yeah, 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 not art school, but they're very like yeah, we believe in extreme things. We listen to Marilyn Manson, (laughs) worship serial killers, kind of vibes. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. Uh yeah, if if it wasn't all white, it was there was definitely no black members to this this gang, which was very strange to me that they were all worshiping Candyman. Uh, but you know, which is one of the moments that made me kind of realize how far away the movie had gotten from kind of the the subject that it was supposed to kind of be talking about. It was just kind of yeah. <laughs> okay, just random cult, fine. Uh, sure. Sure enough, one of the one of them says Candyman five times, and would you believe it? Candyman shows up and just kills them all <laughs> who could have foreseen it yeah and Candyman says I think this was like oh. literally what happens in one of like the end of like one of the Hellraiser sequels we did yeah yeah I think Dead Earth the cult one yeah yeah that's, that's, that sounds right yeah <laughs> uh, that scene was actually better though because there was more fun effects with the chains and yeah. all that you know and oh, yeah. that was <laughs> CGI chains yeah but it was not a good movie don't get me wrong but at least no. the, the concept of that scene was a bit more playful than, than this sure. was yeah. so Candyman says come come find me and I mean we didn't even mention this because it was so, such a, a, a non-point before this but there's like a, a painting of him like a, a mural of him with a door in a random street <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. for reasons and she goes into there and she finds David on like chains. Very Hellraiser, actually. He's on hooks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I suppose hooks are also Candyman's thing. But Candyman has one hook. Right? That's his thing. He has one hook. Yeah. But being on chains with hooks is a Hellraiser, maybe Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing, depending on the, yeah. the scenario. Okay? So. Ghost Rider if you go in comics, but yeah. Sh- sure. But, <laughs> you know, mi- mixing your lines here a little bit, but regardless he's all like you know give in to me give me what i lost and he kisses her and it's like okay and then she decides to slash the self-portrait which would you believe it also cuts Candyman in the same place and bees start flying out so no she... i want weakness my <laughs> bee-filled paintings like, sure okay so she just starts slashing... i guess we all know that about your mythos yeah she just starts slashing the paintings and eventually like sort of like it looks like he's on fire and he disappears. 
Uh, although this is this hasn't actually defeated them because then it turns into a Freddy Krueger thing because then her dead mother, <laughs> as a ghost, says, "You must destroy the myth. You must destroy <laughs> the story." So when the police and stuff like ask her things, she's like, "Candyman's not real." It doesn't exist. So that's all she has to do to stop Candyman from doing things is just convince everyone he's not real. Well, you're missing a big part of it of it because oh, the cop, like, yeah, yeah, the, the, the cop the, part, yeah, yeah, the racist cop comes out and he has like a hook and he's like, oh, well, well, actually, before you even, he's been fired because he get caught being racist and the black cop comes and punches <laughs> him and he gets fired Which is for the most, attacking the, someone. Which is honestly the most, like, uh, the least believable part of the movie, <laughs> that they would fire a cop for being racist. Like, come on. Uh, yes. In 2020? <laughs> In 2020? Come on. <laughs> it's kind of sad that we can make that joke, but yes. Uh, it's sad, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know... Uh, but yes, uh, so yes, he shows up with a hook, mad that he got fired, and because he shows up with a hook, yelling that he's the candy man, when the other cop comes in and catches him doing this, he shoots him to stop him from attacking Caroline, and he takes the fall for all the murders. He is now seen as the, the candy man in the context of the, the public eye, and uh, that neatly wraps up all of that. <laughs> so the entire world is just like, well, I guess we'll never say candy man in a mirror again because it turns out it was just a guy, even yeah. though like... There's been like three other like instances of Candyman murders like within the last like what twenty odd something years I mean, in different cities. At least it's specifically bye bye. Or sorry, at least it's specifically. <laughs> bye, bye, <man. laughs> well, I better make a point. But bye bye. At least it's specifically Candyman, and it's specifically five times, and it's specifically in front of a mirror. If you remember, yeah. bye bye man. I think you just had to say it anywhere, anytime, like three times. And that was it. <clears throat> yeah, it's very easy. Very, 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 yeah, very, very, like, at least this, you have to be standing in front of a specific object. And I presume that if you say it three times and then you go to sleep and wake up, it's not just like saying it two more times. All like, I think it has to be, you know, in the one... In a row. Yeah, yeah. the one go round. Yeah, so... And how often do you repeat the same word five times? Especially in not front often. of a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe like in front of a mirror, you may say something like, oh, sexy, sexy, it was sexy, sexy, <laughs> sexy. I mean, maybe you'll do that, but sure. the Candyman? <laughs> or, I mean, you know, maybe, uh, you know, if you're a certain Scottish person, you may use it to travel uh, in between other mirrors and commit crimes. Wait, what? What movie are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this is a reference. Uh, Talk about a little fella I like to call the Mirror Master. He, he he's a villain for a character <laughs> called the Flash. I don't. I I, I know who Mirror Master is. <laughs> I was just I was assuming it was a horror movie reference. I wasn't expecting okay. the Flash. But yes, yes. Sure. The, f- the first Mirror Master was indeed Scottish. Yes, that is correct. Yes. Noted uh, <laughs> DC historian. <laughs> I'm on a DC Comics podcast. I never claimed historian, okay? I don't make <laughs> bold, ridiculous claims like you do about having a doctorate in horror. <laughs> okay? That's right. I was a professor, and now I'm the daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can be both. Professors can be daddies. Oh, professor daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so... There, there's like a quick scare where she thinks she's been attacked again but she wakes up it was just a dream apparently this time 
and she's in a cemetery <coughs> with David, who is alive with his daughter, and they're at the grave of her mother, and that is the movie. It's over, <laughs> thankfully. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. <clears throat> I, I mean, the only thing I noted about this ending, uh, other than it just being kind of, you know, trite and whatever, is that the music at the end, there's like a lot of lullaby music that sounds like it's trying to kind of like evoke the feeling of the main theme from the first movie. But it was at this uh-huh. moment I went, yeah, why why aren't you using the main theme? The main theme from that first movie is so good. Why wouldn't you just be using that? Great. Yeah. Is it Philip Glass that did the score? The first one? First one, yeah. 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 Uh, so I who did know. this one <laughs> some guy named cody <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i mean i suppose keep in mind they they almost made a movie without checking the fact that sony had the rights to it maybe they don't have the rights to the that's music. true yeah, <laughs> that's so, true <laughs> that's a possibility it's a possibility <laughs> yes yeah, it's, 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 it's boring and dull i think we did our best to have an entertaining conversation but it, the movie's just a, a, a slog to get through to be honest yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we were talking about it before, and, uh, yeah, I think it's only about 90 minutes, and you are saying, like, yeah, but it feels like four hours, which it, it really does feel, yeah, quite long. It's just, it, yeah, the, the characters aren't great. It's definitely not doing anything fun or interesting with the uh, the franchise and the character, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it just looks generic. You know, the plot, the lines, uh, the actors, everything is just very generic and bland about it. And, um, and, and like you were kind of saying earlier, it's not, it's not even like bad in that fun way. Like, cause you know, I, I love these like, you know, franchises and, and most of the time, like I like them because they can get kind of dumb and goofy. Like, you know, um, I, I like when they're, you know, good and stuff like, uh, but, you know, with like Friday the 13th and stuff, I like the, when the later sequels uh, can get kind of cheesy and stuff. I, you know, there's stuff that's like fun in that. Like this is nothing fun here. It's not, you know, dumb and cheesy, at least in a fun way that, you know, you can watch and laugh at. It's just uh, not <laughs> just kind of a chore to get through. Yep, and then yeah, then just insane character decisions like, oh, we're going to be detectives now. Oh, I'm going to go with this gang member to a, a secluded yeah. location. <laughs> like, just ridiculous character choices that are either yeah. dumb from like a real world perspective because of how dangerous it is or just dumb from like a no one would just make this leap and start doing this mm-hmm. so uh yeah it, it's, it's it's well it's, 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 it's pretty much shit uh is the, is the thing so uh tim would you like to um, uh, just oh. just to add on to that too like even if yeah. you are gonna be like um like kind of have like a maybe like a detective angle or something on it like I don't know, like, try to make it more of a mystery, like, you know, show that the character is, like, you know, resourceful and finding, like, everything that happens just kind of falls in her lap, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's there's no actual good detective work, as much as they're investigating things. And, like, whenever, like, a big plot thing does happen, it's always, like, out of nowhere, it's like, okay, yeah, oh, there's just, like, a cult now, oh, uh, these paintings are his weakness, oh, the racist cop uh, is gonna get blamed for everything now it's yeah. like nothing feels like it was like set up or carefully orchestrated so i'll just like all right it's happening now it's happening now yeah that random mural in the street is also where yeah. the climax <laughs> is going to happen because that's his yeah. lair or something like mm-hmm. even though he's not a physical presence so why does he need like an actual lair i don't you know it's, it's so many <laughs> 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 a, lot, a lot of things to get into 
Uh, Tim, what are you going to rate Candyman 3? Uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of appropriate since it's the third one, but I think I'm going to give it a straight three. Uh, it's, it's pretty bad. Uh, I, I guess I give it a few points, uh, because like some of the kills, while maybe not very imaginative, uh, they at least looked okay. And, you know, there's like some decent enough like blood and stuff in it that, you know, I, I at least didn't mind that. And, uh, and also I will, I, I guess we didn't really talk about it that much, but, um, you know, the, I mean, Candyman himself, like Tony Todd is such a presence that even though they're not doing his character any favors in this movie, he was still, I, I still enjoyed seeing him. He, he was not in the movie that, that much, but, um, I don't know. It was still nice to see him and he, you know, even though a lot of the lines and stuff were stupid, he still delivers them well. So yeah, I give him a few points for that. But I, I mean, other than that though, there really isn't anything going with this movie there's really unless you're just a completionist for the series which I, I do like to do you know with franchise i like to watch everything uh the good and the bad so you know it, but I, I mean unless you're like that you want to see everything then there really isn't much that you would need to uh to do this i i have uh the first i have the first and second movie on blu-ray and i don't know if this one has a blu-ray but even though i, I uh, my collecting is I usually like to be complete about a lot of stuff. Like, I don't know if I would buy this one. <laughs> I, I believe it does have a Blu-ray if you really want to track it down. I don't, so. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> really. I mean, if it was like super cheap, maybe, 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 but mm. uh, yeah, I, don't, I feel like I don't need it. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with a three as well. I think three is the, the right score. It's just, it's just a bad movie through and through and the little to redeem it. Um, I, 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 I think, yeah, Tony Todd obviously has uh, got a great presence, but some of his lines are just, they're just so much fluff because they don't really mean anything. Um, you know, you'll never experience, like, ecstasy until death or something. He says that at some point, and it's just like, this is just a random Freddy Krueger line uh, delivered yeah. <laughs> with a Tony Todd gravitas. And then you have the fact that there's no, like, build-up or, like, intrigue building up to his first appearance. He just kind right. of appears... And then he appears in, like, glorious, I'm floating through the sky with bees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that looks really, you know, goofy. So, yeah, 3 out of 10 for me. Uh, and, you know, I think it's fair to say from this original trilogy, it's not a trilogy. This Candyman, watch <laughs> Candyman, ignore the sequels pretty yeah. much. Uh, but there you go. You know, I mean, I, I normally don't like when they do this, but this would be one case where if they were, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm still, since we haven't really watched the, the new one yet, I'm still not exactly sure what they do with that one, if it's a complete reboot or a sequel to the first movie or whatever. But um, this would be one instance where I was like, yeah, you can ignore the sequels. And if you want to make a, uh, do a new movie that's a direct sequel just to the first movie, fine. <laughs> like, I normally yeah. don't like that, but in this instance, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll begin to that soon. Probably next to it, in fact. We'll be looking at the new Candyman movie uh, and finally get a chance to see it. So that is exciting. Uh, Tim is going to pose for the thumbnail. Uh, so <laughs> uh, if you'd like to assume whatever position you would like, and uh, I'll break I it down. Think of a good one. <laughs> oh my god. Don't stress out too much. It's not that high stakes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Pause. <laughs> I got you for three. Three minutes. 
this is good stuff. Uh, and just, you know, I, I don't do this segment every time, but I think sometimes it's worth to just check uh, if there's any 10-star reviews on IMDb of this. Oh, my. <laughs> there is two. Okay. <laughs> the, the titles... Uh, so what, the first one is just Candyman Excellent. All I can hear is the Wayne's World <laughs> voice as, as I say that. Uh, and then the other one is titled, So Far, The Absolute Best Candyman Movie. What? What? Which is absurd. Uh, that review is from the 10th of December, 2001. Oh, God. The other one's from 1999, actually. So, I mean, these are both ancient. Wow. Uh, interesting. I mean, I, I guess everyone can have their own opinion, but I was like, maybe an opinion can be wrong. Yeah. Uh... This guy's got some really weird grammar as well. He capitalizes the first letter of every word. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh, very, very, very odd. Um, so yes, uh, I'll I'll leave it there. Uh, oh, sounds like one of our patrons. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> well, it's all our dear patrons. Speaking of our patrons, let me thank our Patreon producers. For the month, uh, excellent segue, Tim. Uh, thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordenow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. They are all our Patreon producers for the month. Uh, but you can support us, of course, for as little as $1 per month at patreon.com slash TV and get some bonuses for your trouble, uh, bonuses for other shows. Obviously, once we're back at full schedule, uh, whenever that may be, pro- probably, I don't know, in the nearish tomorrow. future. <laughs> Did you say Tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit bold. (laughs) We suspect early 2022, just to put a a, a vague time frame on it. There'll be bonuses again for streams, but... um, I should call them boners. (laughs) They're not boners. This is just streams after midnight boner episode. Because horror horror skeletons, bones, bonus episodes. Um, There are boners. We'll put it to a vote. Okay, we'll put it to a vote. Uh, but check out Patreon if you want to support all the content and keep it all coming. Uh, check, it over, oh, check out that. Uh, you can also support us on YouTube for free by simply hitting the like button, subscribing, commenting down below, ding the bell for notifications. All those things help out on YouTube. And then on the audio versions on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from, uh, if, there's a, if there's an option to rate and review the podcast five stars with a, a nice little blurb, then please do that too. Uh, all those things do help us out a lot. And Tim's making a lot of weird faces. So, uh, but that's that it. That was the episode. So hopefully you enjoyed our our thoughts on Candyman 3. And we'll see you next time for uh, Candyman 2021, which has got a good buzz. So here's home. Because uh, of the bees. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean that, but uh, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the pun. <laughs> So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies and we will see you next time. What? That's your catchphrase? <laughs> no, it's not my catchphrase. I don't have one yet, Tim. <laughs> the bees! It's the bees! The, the, the bees are... Do you know what? On on the ace, right? Tara, well, she stopped it now. But Tara used to do the final thing. I would say goodbye and then she would have a, a something related to the movie. 
to say. So maybe you could step up, Tim, and shout out a, a, a movie-related joke at the end of an episode. Uh, yeah, is that um, an option? I'll discuss my rate. <laughs> my rate's going to go up <laughs> if I do that. Well, okay, I'll give you a 20% increase. Okay. <laughs> and luckily for me, 20% of zero is still zero. <laughs> Thanks for watching, guys. <laughs> I will see you next time.